displeases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digga digga. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Hi everyone, this is Madeline from Smart Home Stupid People. Eris at my side. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm just in the middle of trying to get the Podbean <laughs> stream going. Uh, I'll be back in a second. Why don't you say hello for us yeah, and tell us I'll, about uh, this weekend? That I will do that. So yes, hi everyone. This episode will be about intuition. I'm looking forward to that one because intuition is something I think we can all use really well in our lives. And also the question, how can we access our intuition? How can we distinguish it between, or how can we distinguish between the stuff that's going on in our head and the real intuition that will lead and guide us in our lives? This is what we are going to talk about today. About the weekends, <laughs> the last or the upcoming. So maybe just about the last weekends, we we were actually enjoying the sun over here. It was really nice autumn day with a lot of sun. So we explored a little bit more the, the area, went for a little walk and found a beautiful place at a lake. So sometimes I'm surprised that our what our environment actually really offers <laughs> and to to just really explore the 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 world you are actually living in or the close environment with all the animals and all the plants. And the upcoming weekend I am actually going for um, I'm going away for a week uh, for a workshop. And that workshop will be about building my own shamanic drum. So I'm looking really forward to that one. I never done this before and I'm working on a shamanic with shamanic techniques since a couple of years now. And so the drum is just like, you know, the bicycle for a <laughs> for a bicycle bicyclist in, in a competition or kind of how you want to call it. That was actually not a good yeah, I was just about to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> I try to find a good comparison and to entertain while you, you know, yeah, kind of uh, doing stuff here. So, well, the point of your uh, whole um, speech <laughs> is that we will probably we might not be here on over the weekend. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know how long it will actually take on Sunday, and how long it will take for me to build my own drum. I am not so really experienced with. You know, using my hands, I'm more like using my my brain and typing stuff. But when it comes to building things, I don't know. We'll see how long that takes. But yeah, it could be that on Sunday I won't be back at time. Maybe we, we do it a little later or we'll see if it's too late. Then yeah, then we'll see us the next Wednesday. But we're not there yet. It's today and we will talk about intuition. My intuition tells me that this takes a little longer with Eris. No, no I'm actually done. Ah, okay. Check this out. I'm going to push that button. Dun, dun, dun. And there we go. It worked. We are live. We are now live on Podbean. Okay. I know. See, already had a wrong intuition. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, let's get this going. So just yeah. as uh, I was in the middle of getting everything running, I'll tell you guys what we're up to. Um, as I say, every time we are live today on Rockfin Rumble, <laughs> <laughs> Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and Podbean in audio form only. Mm. Podbean's actually a really cool platform. I'm digging it, I want to say. Digging it. I mean, I am digging it, yeah. Mm. We just reached uh, 10 hours of live streaming on it today. We got our first accolade and uh, achievement, they call it. Oh, what, what did we win? Like a, we won, like a pen or so? We won a pop-up. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so uh, we are also active in the Smart Home Stupid People chat, which is called Smart Home Stupid Chat. So for any of you guys out there who would like to post a question during the live show... Open up Telegram on your mm. phone, download the app, whatever, and um, search for Smart Home Stupid People. You'll find the, the 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 channel there, and via the channel, you'll be able to find the chat, which is associated mm -hmm. to the channel. In the channel, you can only receive messages, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and with the chat, we can bidirectionally converse, yeah. and that's what it's there for. So... That Good. being said, um, Twitch and DLive are both integrated fully into the show. So if anybody has a nice question to ask, then we will pop it up on screen and we'll read it <laughs> aloud. Um, Rockfin and Rumble, I have the chats in front of me here. So if any of you guys listening mm. live in Rockfin or Rumble would like to be a part of the show and ask a couple questions, please feel free to do so. We will read them out loud and, uh, you know, I can even share the screen and show the Rumble chat and so on and so forth if uh, we get a lot of action in there. So... Today, we are talking about intuition. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. It was something we kind of alluded to last time we were talking about. Um, well, actually, the last couple shows, I mentioned a couple times that uh, about uh, how the uh, Celestine Prophecy was actually a pretty mm -hmm. big book for me when I was younger. And um, that that was, for me, the first time I, I had... I, I, started to develop a vocabulary for dramas and intuition and synchronicity and so on and mm. so forth. Maybe you can just briefly say what this book is about for those who well, never heard about I it. Well, I don't want to actually get into that today. Today okay. is actually going to be a light introduction to intuition. Okay. And I'd actually like to do another episode entirely on synchronicity. Okay. Right? Because I think the synchronicity is really, mm. you, you, require, you need this foundation of, of at mm -hmm. least understanding intuition. And then all of a sudden, um, it all comes to life, I find. I think that it, it goes hand in hand. Okay. And so today, I wanted to just make it very simple. We're not going to be on too long today because for us, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central European time, that is 2 p.m. for all of you guys out there in North America. Well, not all of you guys. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Which, you know, I know it can be difficult with the workday and all that stuff. So Wednesday isn't uh, that busy for the live show mm -hmm. anyway. So I try to keep it uh, <laughs> under an hour so that we can actually put more emphasis onto the weekend show, which mm. last weekend was a great show. Yep. Um, we ran for two hours. Yeah. Now, so there we go. Pet peeve is what we had talked about last time. We <laughs> talked about all the things that drive us nuts within our industries. And it turns nuts. out the one that, that we share is greenwashing. Greenwashing is the one pet peeve that really, I think, paves us off. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, intuition. Um, how do I start this? I'm actually, you know, I, like we, we decided to be so intuitive about this episode that we wouldn't even think mm, maybe about what just, we were about to talk you about. Can, you can think about it. it for a second. Because actually, I, what I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. But you, go ahead. Yeah, just think about I it for a second. Water. That's what I got to do. Yeah, you, you do that because I just wanted to add something from the right. last episode where we talked about the Go pet peeves. Yeah. And as just Eris said that we were talking about things that pisses us off, 
But actually with me, I have to say that, yeah, you know, in some moments you kind of might feel some anger coming up and like you are just nerfed and stuff. But I also realized that it, it doesn't help to be angry about things because it just makes it worse it, and it doesn't change anything. <laughs> so what I really learned from that is focusing not on the problem, but more on the solution and figure out what you can do to improve the situation. If there's something you can do, if don't, then just walk away from it. Yeah. Okay. So did you find your intuition? We're getting your water. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I actually want to focus today on how um, intuition really has been one of my grandest tools mm -hmm. in life. And when I look back at the decisions that I had made intuitively, um, it's like a muscle that grows mm -hmm. stronger and stronger mm -hmm. with time. And yep. my intuition has always served me well. Yeah, And I think that it's one of these things when you start to put doubt into everything you do, you start condemning the future of what mm. it is that you're about to uh, 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 begin. Yeah. Right? And it makes you, makes you not calm. It makes you nervous because you don't know if you did the right thing, this doubt. All that. Yeah. All that. And so this is something I kind of wanted to talk about because um, for me... I guess for me, I, we can go way back and I can say how, how it started off for me really young, actually, <clears throat> intuition. Um, I didn't I didn't like school. I didn't like the church too much. I, I didn't like a lot of the family values that were being thrown upon me at a young age. Mm. And my intuition, for example, dealing with school was to daydream, was to play in my mind. And, uh, you know, I received quite a few punishments because of it. Um, but I think it served me really well in the long run because the... Uh, the daydreaming, the exercising my mind, the not allowing myself to be indoctrinated heavily within the scholastic environment mm. really helped me out later on in life. I have so many friends of mine who I find are just so damaged because they took it all way too seriously. Yeah. And now later on in life, they don't have, I, I think that like um, the ability to just kind of um, go with the flow mm. is a very difficult thing for a lot of the people mm -hmm. that I had grown up with. Yeah. When, I, when I now look back at them, um, or, you know, I still contact some of them and so on and so forth uh, that I've known for many years. Um, there are only a few friends that I've kept around for the distance, you know, for the, the duration of uh, my life so far. And, and these are the people I think that have more the ability to just kind of go with things and be a little bit mm -hmm. more dynamic. Mm -hmm. And um, it's mostly because for me, I think that it's actually very difficult to live mm -hmm. a life where you're constantly doubting everything that it is that yeah, you do. Absolutely. Right? It, it drives you nuts. There we go. And so for me in my industry, that was some big thing I wanted to talk about too, is that my industry was like, we used to say, wait six months and the industry's different, mm. right? Like it was such a fast changing industry mm -hmm. for so long. Right now it still kind of is, but it's starting really to become regulated and um, it's not growing in the same way that it did 10 years ago. And, and, and I, I've always mentioned that if you weren't able to intuitively look into the future and, mm. and anticipate mm -hmm. what it is that is, is going to happen, mm -hmm. or even if, there were so many things you could do in my industry that if you didn't intuitively find what makes you happy in it, it's very, it's very uh, likely that you're going to get overwhelmed. Mm. And I've seen this with a few people yeah. where they, they start a business, they, they, they get dirty, they, they, their hands on the ground. And then the business gets too big, mm. too fast. And so what they start doing is, is they, they lose the connection to uh, the real job sites and they, get, and they put mm -hmm. themselves behind a desk. Mm -hmm. 
and they lose complete connection to all the reality of what's yep. actually happening in the industry. And then they try to hire people who, who will just work for pennies to be able to get tasks done. Mm. And then the industry changes and it's in constant flux and the people behind the desk are always the last I find to actually <laughs> notice. It. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, a good couple examples that I can definitely put out is, um, I kind of alluded to this last time as well, that um, when, uh, when my industry kind of started, it started with a few types of people because there was no education for what mm -hmm. I do, right? Like, sure, we've got a lot of engineers that actually come into the industry, but... Not, not, nothing really in their engineering course prepared them properly, I mm -hmm. think, for home automation and for building automation, you know, um, not, not in the last 15 years. I'm saying like it was so dynamic. I remember back in um, 2008 or seven, must have been around then. Yeah, I, um, I I actually, I, I, I was back then doing mostly Crestron and AMX and Control 4. Now it's an American standard for uh, building automation, specifically more in the residential and in the entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. Or with the Crestron stuff, they do a lot of conferences. Your university was wired up with Crestron. Yeah. I mentioned this last time that yeah. uh, um, you guys put out a lot of money for that system and no one knew how to use <laughs> it, right? No one knows how to use it. No, exactly. Um and so what had happened was, is I started intuitively, thank you, intuitively seeing the way that things were changing, mm -hmm. the way that um, network devices were being introduced, the fact that like iPads were just coming out, mm -hmm. you know, at that time was a big thing and, 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 and um, iPhones and portable devices. I said, you know, this is going to be, whether we like it or not, the next evolutionary step. And um, Crestron used to have wireless um, touchpads, like, mm -hmm. you know, smaller than an iPad. Resolution was like 640 by whatever. And these things were 10 grand a piece. Oof. Right? They were not cheap. And then I, then Philips came out with a product called the um, Philips Pronto. And they had a, a wireless touch panel that was better than the Crestron one. And it was, it was like way cheaper. And like I said, it wasn't the fact that it was cheaper that what, what, what was interesting. It was that it was really better, right? Like it was better <laughs> in many ways, in many regards uh, to the Crestron touch panel. And the Crestron stuff is always very proprietary, meaning that you're going to be spending a lot of money just because it's Crestron. And the problem with Crestron is, is it takes a long time for stuff to develop. They don't, at the that time, they didn't integrate very friendly with a bunch of other stuff, meaning that if there wasn't a specific solution in Crestron or there was a bug, you kind of had to wait for them to fix it. Whereas <laughs> in, in Europe with the KNX standard, you, you could just say, oh, you don't have the solution. I'll find a company that does and it integrates on the same yeah. standard done. Now, uh, so what had happened was is with uh, Philips Pronto, I uh, I said, this is this is a great solution for now. We should look into it. Mm -hmm. And all my guys were telling me, ah, oh, you're nuts, you're crazy. No one does that. <laughs> um, and I went online and I found um, a driver for what at the time was called uh, the Crestron Adagio system, which is a multi-room um, amplifier system. So you'd have one box and in that box, like the size of a... A VCR for however many of you actually know what a VCR is. <laughs> the, the size of a large DVD player, right? A desktop <laughs> computer, perhaps. Um, and it it had like 12 slots in the back, you know, uh, for 12 different amplifiers built into it. And you would actually um, wire a lot of people. They would have speakers 
all over th their house. They would have two in the living room, two in mm -hmm. the dining room, two in the bedroom, uh, all over the place. Sometimes they'd be in the wall. Sometimes they'd be in the ceiling. Sometimes they'd be in the bookshelf, wherever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And they would run the speaker cables from where those were to the home run, we called it, right? Uh, or the central control rack. And um, we would wire it into the, uh, to the Crestron Adagio system. And we would give people then the ability to take whatever music they're listening to and start taking it with them room to room to room. And essentially what today Sonos became, you know, Sonos, the music system. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, paying for something like that was extravagant. Like that, that's actually one of the reasons why I got into home automation was because I had so much experience um, in stage and in film. I was a part of Nabet uh, 700 uh, union back in the day until we had a writer's strike and then everything just kind of turned off for a while. Mm. So I I was all excited to get into the union and I started doing um, audio work on, uh, on, on, on set, you know, holding yeah. a microphone and running around and stuff. And it was fun, right? Yeah. But then all of a sudden the industry went dry and I thought to myself, great, I have to, I have to be, uh, mm. you know, a bit forward thinking about this. Where else can I use my abilities? Yeah. And that's where it just, that's when I, I thought to myself, you know, there must be people out there who, who are interested in multi-room audio. And that's mm. how I actually came across um, the industry really that mm -hmm. was that was for me the first thing was offering my services doing multi-room audio to uh, companies that were already had that infrastructure that were beginning that so I joined a company called Inatech Inatech Intech the company <laughs> that I have now in Germany is called Inatech but the company that I started at the time was called Intech I started I started working for at the time was called Intech and uh, Intech's still around Intech.ca I believe go check it out they they still do stuff in the in, in Ontario uh, in the greater <laughs> Toronto area and so what I what 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 I'm really getting to is that the Philips Pronto this little tiny remote control that was so powerful um I ended up looking online and found a company based out of Berlin that had built a mm. driver to integrate this little Philips Pronto remote control in, in, to, to allow it to talk to the Crestron system via, mm -hmm. uh, I believe, I can't remember if it was Network or RS-232, doesn't matter. And um, <clears throat> that was it. So I wrote that I wrote that company an email and said, hey, you guys are, are doing like, you're spot on with it because I don't see anybody else doing this. Nobody else, in, I, I couldn't find anybody else in the world. So I think that really they were the first <laughs> to do this. And uh -huh. um, what was interesting about that is that years later, I... Um, spontaneously moved to Germany and uh, <laughs> like spontaneously, spontaneously moved moving. to Berlin. And it was all intuitive for me. I just, mm -hmm. I was at this point where um, I knew I have a citizenship. I have family here that I've never met. I got I'd be stupid not to go because education in, in Canada and in, 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 yeah. in the United States is, is ridiculously expensive, right? Like to the point where it's stupid. Uh, it would be stupid for me to not mm -hmm. go to Germany because with my citizenship, I could I could get a free education and go to university. So I actually originally came here. Um, to also find a future wife. All that stuff. <laughs> See, look at this lady. Uh, you never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> and uh, and so I, I actually came to, to Europe with all these with everything just open, I opened myself up. Mm. I just literally did it. And I yeah. thought, I, I thought I was only going to be here for a couple months or a year or so. And you know, what am I 12 years later here? You know, <laughs> it's, uh, when you, when you really think about it, like one third of every breath that I've ever had in my life has been in Germany now. When you think about it like that, mm. you know, fuck. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> so, uh, so I'm, so I'm still here, but uh, going back to the whole point is that, uh, what I was talking about is that that driver that I had found online, I contacted them. I wrote a little message and I said, yeah, you know, when I'm, when I'm in your neck of the woods, I'll give you a ring. Mm. So come, comes the end of 2010, I land here and I, I gave him a ring and said, Hey, remember me? I wrote you a couple years back. <laughs> and, uh, that's the company that I've been working oh. with in tandem over here in Europe called Controlled. Uh, it's actually Control LED. It's, it's like controlled with one L. Oh, uh, I didn't uh, know that story actually. Yeah, I know. That's why I oh. said it. And um, so what had happened was, is and, 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 and then our wonderful programmer, uh, she was the, it was the first time that she had ever done uh, a job Mm-hmm. For for the, the 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 home automation world, and mm-hmm. I just remember when when uh, when the guy I work for, I don't know if I if, how many names I should be putting out there, so I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I forget. Yeah, the guy I work with right now, Tim, um, because I already mentioned the company anyway, so let's just keep it rolling. So the the main guy that I work with right now, Tim, uh, the owner of Controlled, um, he had gone to our programmer at the mm-hmm. time and said, "Hey, I need you to build this for us," and she's like the hell does anybody need this for? And it's like, don't worry, you build it, I'll sell it. <laughs> and so he did, huh. right? And that was the very first one. And that was the first light introduction because a couple of years later, he wanted to um, he wanted to build his own little device. And mm-hmm. his device was an IP2 KNX gateway that can be okay. auto-programmed by the, I know this is, I'm going into tech stuff, but the visualization auto-programs itself or auto-calibrates itself depending on what's connected to it on the other mm-hmm. end. Meaning if you have, if you've, if you've uh, connected parameters for five rooms, then five rooms show up in the GUI and everything is, you know, static. Um, and it's amazing because if you really think about, like I said, doing a, a GUI with the Crestron stuff. What is a GUI? GUI is a, a <laughs> graphic user interface. It's just uh, ah, what, it's okay. what you see on the screen, right? I thought about gu- GUI gone. No, gone GUI? I have no is idea. Is that that cleaning stuff we used? Oh, Goo Gone. Uh, yeah, Goo Gone is the That's cleaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that removes sticky stuff, right? <laughs> they just get oily and so gooey. gooey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so what had happened was is uh, he, uh, Tim with Controlled had built, uh, had this idea back in like 2009 mm. to create an IP to KNX gateways uh, with an auto-generated GUI for the iPhone, right? So you'd pull out your iPhone, all the GUI is generated automatically. And like I was saying, like with Crestron, to create a, a graphic user interface on the touchpad mm-hmm. that you'd be moving around with you wirelessly in your house. First, the touchpad's 10 grand. Crestron, you don't you don't get a Crestron system into your house programmed and wired up for, you know, I, I would say entry level has to be about 80 mm-hmm. grand. You know, I mean, you, you, don't, you, you just don't do that unless you're going in, right? Um, and then... Like I said, just to do the, the the GUI, we're talking like the programming hours, calibrating everything, getting all the data points connected in the background, uh, doing the whole IP stuff. And what Tim had created at the time was like, I think probably one of the first uh, in Europe anyway, specifically for the KNX standard, where the iPhone GUI was just finished based off of the basic um, parameters that mm-hmm. were put into play for the... Um, KNX bus automation system for lighting over here. And that was it. And it just came to life. Hmm. And so it came in at a, at a fraction of the cost. It worked better than most of the, the touch panels that you'd find on the market. And, and that was it. So when I first uh, came here and I saw that was happening, I, I, I 
I, I don't know. I had so much creative work working with controlled back when I first started. Like I was, I was still self-employed for like several years before I eventually opted to to accept a job from the company. And actually, now I'm leaving the company um, at the start of next year because I want to go back to being self-employed. Mm-hmm. The company has uh, has grown, and um, I'm starting to f- to follow other avenues. Right, like mm-hmm. I actually started recently a company um, for video cast uh, video casting systems. So building systems like this. Yeah. All right. So I can push a button and do funky stuff like this. <laughs> we uh, so so I actually I integrate this kind of stuff now into um, conference rooms and into small businesses. Mm-hmm. So that's something that uh, that I started doing because I'm looking towards the future and I'm looking towards things that I like. Yeah. All right. Um, but going back to the whole point of my you know little ramble right now is that yeah I um it to me that was all intuition right mm-hmm. it was I had so many people. So many people tell me, try to put doubt in my mind mm. with every step of the way. Even now, <laughs> me, me leaving the company, you know, how many people are trying to tell me, you don't want to do that. You're crazy with the economy and the industry and all that stuff. And I'm mm. just, I, I know what feels right. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's yeah. it. I actually feel that I should have done this uh, two years ago. Yeah. I, th- I think that I actually, un- uh, this was a part of my life where I think it was unhealthy for me to have hold- held on to this uh, full-time position for, for as long as I did with the company. I'm not telling I told you so. Yeah, I well, told you, so. I, 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 you know, it was, it was one of these things where there were other things that I wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. in life that were also a very intuitive pursuit for me, like the whole video casting system and all that stuff, learning mm-hmm. how to do this. We, I, I learned how to do this actually really um, because of all the, the knowledge that I've accumulated in my industry. The, mm-hmm. the system that we're using right now, I'll, uh, maybe I can show it with the, with the phone in a minute because uh, I'd have to do a little wireless thing to get it going. Um, the system that we're building, that, that we're using right now to do this, has HDMI matrixing in it. Mm. It's got audio, uh, live um, rendering, and and effects processing. Like, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a very very cool mix of everything that I've done in the past. Um, you know, minus the the lighting uh, and the blinds and all that stuff. But <laughs> I, it's on on a media side, I actually mm. really enjoy building them. It's very creative. Yeah. work for me and it was the same thing when I when I came to Germany the reason why I stayed was because I I like I said I I came because I thought it'd be stupid of me to uh, <laughs> to 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 not try right I was studying chemistry at the time I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a chemist right I always loved that uh, but I got a taste of the industry and ran away just the my... same it's just science at the end either you go into the science part of it or you go to big farmer well what or actually industry, right? bothered so... me was how sterile and un um creative like there was no creative play in mm. in 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 the in the world in the world of academia at least not in the in in the part where you're learning yeah and i like obviously you do lab work you can have fun with it but the, the, the way that it was taught was brutal i i it it's like they teach you things they know is wrong just so that they can unteach you later and it's and it's this weird mm. psychological trauma you constantly have to go through at least in the chemistry world is what i'm talking about mm. right um and i just i i found like i was so intrigued to learn about the universe right and 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 i just found that with every time that i would start asking actual questions mm. and, and and start wanting to fundamentally understand certain yeah. equations and so on the the, the, the teachers couldn't answer them. I also, right. from my experience, would say, you know, if you want to learn about the universe, don't look into a book, but <laughs> go outside and just experience life. <laughs> or go out and get a bunch of books and just learn on your own. Yeah. Right? Well, like, or just really, you know, try to 
find other sources. And I think that's what also intuition does. It intuitively, intuit, intuitively, what? <laughs> intuitively, intuitively um, guides you to the sources that are really important for you, where you find your answers. Where and it could be just like watching a, a show on the, on TV or on the radio that all of a sudden you hear about a topic, and it will guide you into a direction that you you know kind of will find some answers for a current problem that you have or a bigger question. And I also think this is kind of intuition if you really follow things, as you said, that are interesting for you and that you find, yeah, that there could be something more behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so let me, uh, like, I have put my, my face on the screen here. Right yes. Uh, <laughs> so as I mentioned, you know, like I, 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 have, I have so many stories of how intuition had served me properly, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be escaping death or uh, finding my way in a place I've never been mm -hmm. or um, just discovering something that eventually ended up being a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, I think that in, in, in the work that I do, because of how dynamic it is, if you don't develop that intuitive bone, yeah. then you're going to end up in a sterile corner. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you're going to find one thing you want to do over and over and over for the rest of your life. And maybe maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. You know, mm -hmm. all the people who got into the industry in the beginning, you know, in the multimedia realm, who thought they were going to make a career out of hanging TVs. <laughs> it's, it's not like that, mm -hmm. right? You know, back in the day, uh, when we talk about 2005 to 2000... 13 even, maybe even 15. I would say 2013 is when it started to really change, but really more 2015. Um, TVs were heavy, mm. right? Mm -hmm. The one I have behind me on the floor over here, this thing, this thing, I, I don't know how much it weighs, but I would I would say it weighs about 200 pounds mm. at least. You know, it's 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 a heavy fucking thing. It's got it's it's all glass. It's 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 not plastic. It's yeah. pl uh, I've got an old 65 inch plasma, right? And um the new ones, they're all made of plastic and LED and they weigh nothing. And they're actually quite flimsy. <laughs> uh, and so the point is, is that in order to hang something like that, and we're talking like in Germany, in Berlin, where you have six-story walk-ups like you, you find in Manhattan, where there's no elevator. Mm -hmm. the, the the stairwells are, are like, you know, very small and you have to get this stuff all the way up to the top and hang it on the wall. And, you know, in North America, you have to find the studs here. Everything's done into into concrete. So you have to have all the heavy mm -hmm. tools with you and the... And the um, proper vacuum cleaners because of the masonry dust everywhere. <laughs> you made a lot of money back then. I, I remember we, we made a lot of money installing um, just plasmas on walls with the cables hidden with uh, maybe basic surround sound or even stereo uh, speakers externally. Mm -hmm. we, we, we made a lot of money doing that. And then hiding the, the cables and chasing them to a sideboard where we would then hook up... Um, you know, DVD players, Blu-rays, whatever it was mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and it, it's crazy because now that industry is pretty much dead mm -hmm. because not only can every asshole with a screwdriver <laughs> put up a CV nowadays, I know, uh, but <laughs> even the place that you buy it from often offers it for like 80 bucks or 100 bucks mm -hmm. to, to, to deliver it and hang it on your wall. Like it's crazy, mm -hmm. right? And, and the technology has become so accommodating to allow the end user do this. It's not like it was. Mm -hmm. And and so so a lot's always in flux. A lot's changing constantly. 
And it's the same thing with um, with with lighting. You know, if you didn't get into blind control um, shutters and windows and heating control, you you, you pretty much got left into an area mm-hmm. was very difficult. You had to learn about networking because everything became very network dependent. Yeah, um, that's something I really don't like about the industry today. Is how important the networking system obviously ends up becoming when you, you see brand new projects where they're 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 pre-planning um like the the that sections of the building are going to communicate over a network instead of an actual bus cable I, I think it's crazy but i see it happen all the time and um you know there are there are like again satellite dishes people made a lot of money installing satellite dishes <laughs> if they didn't think to the future like Back then, it's like if you a lot of people went from installing satellite dishes to hanging plasma TVs, mm. and then from hanging plasma TVs to uh, doing um, audio video control with a with like a, a centralized remote control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people often know as like the Logitech remote, the universal remote controls, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. If you didn't start getting into that, you were toast. And <laughs> uh, and and it was like. Uh, the the centralized remote control actually for me because I I started more with audio and video mm. it, it wasn't until I started uh, I, I started to have to answer that question can you dim the light mm. with that remote because mm. then they the customers came to me often and said hey I have this ten thousand euro dollar uh, a wireless Crestron yeah. keypad where I can control my lights and now you're selling me this thing with uh, the universal remote to control all my media. Can't we just put it into one device? Mm. And that was actually how oops, how I got into um, really, that's where it started for me back in 2007 mm. was that transition to creating home theaters and then saying, dim the lights in the in the home theater. That's exactly, that was where it started for me mm. way back when, right? Maybe 2006, I don't even know anymore. And so just by being, and I found that to be such a creative thing. You know, I had to learn about electricity, I had to make friends with electricians, which is very difficult because they're usually assholes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm talking the truth here. Oh, okay. All right. This is why the company that I work for eventually became electricians. They became the assholes because <laughs> the, every time we worked with the electricians, we, that, that, that was the lowest common denominator. The electricians didn't give a shit about networking. They didn't mm. care about anything they cared about bringing electricity somewhere. They didn't care about what gets plugged into it. And it was a very difficult scenario because all of a sudden we're telling them, no, 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 you have to wire things a bit differently so that we can control them. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at us and they're thinking, fuck off. Like it just, it, it was just, it was a very, very, very hard thing because then you'd have electricians saying, I've been doing it for 30 years. Why should I change? Hmm. And I'd say, well, do you want to retire today or do you want to retire in 20 years? <laughs> because if you don't learn this shit, you might as well retire today. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I see. I see a lot of people uh, who, you know, they, they, a lot of people are against the the modern um, bus automated system for lighting only because um, they've been doing conventional systems for 30 years. They mm-hmm. don't know anything about the bus system, but it's enough for them to say, I don't want to touch it. So there we go, Maddie. Why don't you why don't you enlighten us with one of your <laughs> intuitive? Because I think this is something that it's not exclusive to my industry. As I mentioned, no. if you don't develop intuition, um, you don't succeed on the same level, mm-hmm. right? You, it's it's a muscle that I think needs to be tested. Yeah, often, and I find that with the programming, sometimes finding the solutions are very intuitive in nature. Yeah, and I, and it's actually a bit of a problem coming here to Germany because I think the Germans are a very unintuitive people. Mm-hmm. I think that they're too logical. 
right? Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, what I often see is people talking at a table for an hour about the best way to solve a problem. And while I'm thinking, well, while they're talking, I'm thinking to myself, I could have tried 20 different solutions in that same time, <laughs> just just by trial and error yeah. and landed with with the the, the most optimum, optimal yeah, yeah. solution. And this is kind of that thing. It's like, and as you do these trial and error things, you develop that intuitive muscle mm. to figure out how will this best work for next time. And it yeah. becomes a logical thing. It's like there is a marriage, I think, between intuition and logic that's important to feel and mm. to understand. Well, I just wanted to ask you, what do you actually really understand? Well, what what do you say is the definition of intuition? Um, think of it like this. Uh, this is how it kind of like started for me because I can go into a great backstory about it, but I don't think I need to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've already done it quite a bit. And it's when you think in words, mm -hmm. right? Or you have the ability to think in pictures. Mm-hmm. Now think without either one, mm -hmm. you know, make a decision that's not based on thinking in pictures mm -hmm. or logic or mm -hmm. words or anything yeah. and just make a decision and you know, it feels right. Yeah. Right. That to me is, is, is the intuitive muscle I'm talking about yeah. where it's like when you try to think about it, it doesn't, it doesn't work up there. I don't even think that intuition comes from the human brain, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It might, it might be something a little bit greater. Like you're, you're sensing some, honestly, it sounds very esoteric. But mm. I, I try to feel the most optimal solution from mm -hmm. the future and invite mm -hmm. it into the present. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a weird way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, you know, it's <laughs> it's it, and I, I know this sometimes um, from from even um, uh, kung fu in my athletic past. You know, when you're really in the moment, mm -hmm. and 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 you know, like uh, when when you're fighting like five people at the same time, it things happen without you thinking. Mm, and, yeah. and and that's because you're you're letting go of trying to understand. When, when I was playing football as a goalie back in the day, you know, um, and I would have to let go of thinking, is he going to go left? Is he going to go right? Mm -hmm. Same thing, baseball, you know. Mm -hmm. When that ball's coming at you at 100 miles yeah. per hour, you don't think about whether it's going to fucking <laughs> curve before yeah. you. You just, you, you, you just go with it, right? Yeah. And, and and that's the kind of thing is I, I'm saying you bring that into the uh, same thing as a musician on stage. When you're playing an instrument, by the time you've thought of the next note, you're already there, mm. right? And, and so when you go live on stage, the best thing to do is to realize your body already remembers mm -hmm. the music. Yeah, it's true. You don't need to. Yeah. It's in there. It's, it's in the here. muscle memory. Yeah. When a problem occurs live, you can you can solve that and continue playing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's a, if that's if that's the most well, optimum solution uh, explanation for, but for me that's what it feels yeah. like. For right? me, it also makes sense. I would also say it's it's being in the moment and really sensing what is the next best step, so that you find the best solution for a problem. And I think it has a lot to do with your your position, your situation, how you feel, how you are in. Um, Yeah, what kind of mood you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that emotion and intuition yeah. are so yeah. closely related. I just wanted to say that because I was really looking into the term of emotion during my book research, for my book research. And it's funny because emotions, that's also a word where we actually really don't know what it means because people are using it in different ways. They are sometimes mixing it up with feelings. It's sort of the same 
so what I learned is that emotions are it's 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 a combination of many different level many different reactions that happen within your body. It's kind of like a reactions that are consecutive consecutive. Their, their reactions are following in. Sorry, say, are, say the sentence again. <laughs> I, was, I was chatting. Uh, you know. You're chatting. I'm oh, chatting. This nice. is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is why we're two people doing this live. You know, we can alternate this. The responsibilities. All right. Just tell so, me what you're talking about. I just wanted to say that I read that emotions are actually a follow-up of different reactions within the body. It's like a synchron synchronical reactions of mm -hmm. synchronistic. S synchronistic, yeah. So you mm -hmm. have like a symbiotic all, or a synchronistic. Synchronistic. Okay. You have you first have emotions like you know. As I had an example in my book. You walk on the street and you see a dog and you are feeling the feeling of being afraid from that dog. You know, the dog is running without the leash. It's, it's coming at mm -hmm. you. And you have the motion, uh, the feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. So, and then consecutively. <laughs> consecutively? I don't know what you yeah, want to say. Yeah, on, just on that emo, uh, well, on co that Consequently. Feeling. Yeah, also, yeah. it just follows. You know, there's another thing following. Sure. You have the feeling and then you feel there's another, that is like the reaction to it. And also the, the thoughts that you have about it. You might think about a situation that has been happened to you in the past where also a dog came to you and he was attacking you. And then you have the physical reaction, you know, you start sweating and you, your heart starts pounding. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the, the, the behavior. You might want to run away. You want to change the street. And also your, like your body language will change. And all yeah. these factors that are actually, they are emotions. All of them together is an emotion. Yeah. As a reaction to something that happens to you in your environment. So it's basically... The way of you to interact with your environment, to interact with stress factors that are coming at you. Mm -hmm. And since there are so many parts of your body involved, this is also actually in a definition for intuition, because you don't need to think logically what is the next step I have to do, but your body just already starts to come up with the best solution based mm -hmm. on its own experience and the gut feeling. But also if you want to put it further and when you, you want to push it further, there's that theory that we actually have the memory of all the generations within us and like actually every human mm -hmm. being that has lived on that earth that we kind of have that collective memory in us, in yeah. ourselves. And I mean, with that knowledge, right? <laughs> of course, you know what's what's to do. What to now, do are you best talking more about genetic memory or akashic? Well, whatever, however you you want to go, as far as you want to go, and as far you can push your beliefs. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I I know for myself. I think, I think they're both, and I think they're very yeah, different. I think they're yeah. yeah, they're different. That's that's for sure. But also, both are existing on on that level. Mm -hmm. So that there is um, a really a source that you can tap into where you can find all the answers to your questions, where you find the best solution for the stuff. And I always experience that when I'm writing, you know, yeah. I like, I have a task, I have a topic and I think, well, how am mm -hmm. I going to do this? So I start writing and I can feel that when I'm in the moment, it's like really coming intuitively out into, if, <laughs> I got that intuitively? word, intuitively, that word is killing me today. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out of me and it makes sense. And the end is like, wow, sometimes I'm, you know, astonished about myself. <laughs> I can come up with good stuff like that. And I, but I also feel maybe this is not only me. Maybe there are other, you know, energies going through me that really just puts it out there. And this is what universe wants me to do. Mm. And being in that very moment is that you are tapping into that knowledge that you can really 
trust that the right answer will come into your consciousness. I think you have the unconscious part and the conscious part. The unconscious part is already there. The answers are already there, but you need to really acknowledge them and to realize, you know, it, it has to come to your consciousness. And I think that shift is really that you become aware of your intuition. It's always there, but you have to, um, you have to really acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, as I was mentioning before, uh, in the industry, being able to tap into um, an intuition in order to make the right decision—it's mm -hmm. um, it, 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 kind of like something that I, I don't know if I really said this, uh, but one of the reasons why I stayed in this industry—I mm -hmm. I first came to, to Germany um, because I was—I wanted to pursue chemistry and mm -hmm. I wanted to do more as a musician. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time I was touring um, the U.S. Uh, a couple months a year, mm -hmm. right? At least, and I and I loved that feeling of just mm -hmm. leaving wherever it was that I was dwelling at the time uh, and behind me. Mm -hmm. And I'd have because you know you, you have your daily grind, you have uh, the pressures of life, and all these things happening at the same time. And I would able I was able to at least for a couple months a year leave. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that feeling of, of getting, like having all these problems, all these bills, all, all these things pile up. But it was like, you know, that whole sentence, the show must go on. Yeah. Right. And when I would get into that bus and, or get into my car and drive to Chicago or wherever I was going to meet up with whatever musicians I was to, to, to be touring with, mm -hmm. I just, there was an immediate like veil removed mm -hmm. from me. Right. And all of a sudden I was thinking to myself, okay, no matter what happens, the next two months, I'm I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And so all of those other problems and all mm -hmm. those other things, I was able to let go of. And so for a couple yeah. months during, and I think that was that big thing is you, you were talking about fear. Mm -hmm. I think that the fear is the one thing that, that always will make you second doubt or question yeah. what's going on. Now, yeah, it, yeah. it's true though with the emotions. Mm-hmm. That there is a direct link, but I find that emotions, uh, without learning to understand your emotions yeah. and the reason for why yeah, yeah. your emotions are doing what they are doing, yeah. then you won't be able to develop your intuition. Yeah, it's true. Because if you're just responding on fear, you're like, yeah, like yeah. that example you're saying with the dog, fearing the dog will, will trigger the dog. Yeah. Right? It will already, you know, kind of become a self-fulfilling -prof um, prophecy. That's exactly my point. Yeah. And so emotion is, I believe, definitely intertwined yeah. in the sense that emotions are sensors. Yeah. But reacting on the emotions in a raw state without, I think, um, consulting your intuition. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, 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 is I think, uh, a very, a very difficult thing for a lot of people to grasp and it's very difficult to explain it to them yeah because as i was mentioning i think that for me as a musician that was always a nice little test for mm. me to be able to say this is what life feels like without fear <laughs> in the sense that I, fear of responsibility and the yeah. fear of all these other things i had going on uh, it, everything that i have in my life may burn to the ground to ashes mm. while i'm gone for these couple of months and that's okay because when mm -hmm. I get back, I'll rebuild. And yep. to have that in your mind, that's okay, is I think that was to me my fuel 
for developing an intuition with what I do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. That's something actually I just listened to. Um, again, Eckhart Tolle, I, I sometimes mention him because I really like... I actually saw, uh, before the show, I did look up a couple things and yeah. he came up right away. Uh, he, he had like a 45-minute uh, yeah. yeah, lecture yeah. on um, intuition alone. Yeah. yeah. But And also what he says is that we, you know, we have to be careful about emo our emotions if we always act out on them. Right. And also I really had to learn that myself that when I the, most of the time I was working in university I really locked my emotions away I kind of you know I was just working 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 and I just pushed them away and once I started to reconnect to my body a lot of emotions came back and I was overwhelmed by them I didn't know what to do with them I thought like and I start acting out on it is that intuition or what is that actually and no. I really needed to learn that it's important for you to know where emotions come from what they actually are and there are a lot of and this is a lot of the stuff that you already experienced in your life, a lot of memories that you have, a lot of situations that you were in. And if you, <clears throat> sorry, if you made a bad connection between situation that you was, that you linked that to a fear, you know, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. like guilt or whatever, that this, whenever you are in a situation, that emotion comes back and might, might hinders you from doing the right thing or the yeah. next step. So yeah. that's why it's so important to really just sit down, look at your emotions and feel them without acting out of, out of them. And also realizing that maybe, you know, wait until the emotions settle down before you make a, an important decision mm -hmm. so that you can really yeah. feel what is actually my intuition telling me. And I always do it if I have a very important decision to make. I make sure that at least maybe one, two days, not thinking about anything. I'll just go outside. I try to relax. Or with my book, you know, I know for like, for example, tomorrow I have to end in the last pieces and there's still a little bit of text missing and I could freak out about it. <laughs> but I really trust that my intuition will guide, will, yeah, will bring me the right words. Maybe overnight in the morning I will have them. <laughs> and it, it was always like that. It was always like that, that oh, when you let go, it will come to you and you know what, what to do, what's the best thing. And even, yeah. if, even if you make a decision that is against your intuition, you will, you will learn quick. <laughs> this, at the end, you know, maybe you had the already bad gut feeling from the beginning that this will actually confirm mm -hmm. over time. And you say, like, see, you know, I actually know that this was not the right so thing for me. So for, for you as a biologist, having <clears> gone <throat> through um, quite extensive scholastic um, indoctrination, <laughs> yeah, uh, how, yeah. how, how, how do you feel about that? Because I know, you know, we've been together for quite some years now. <laughs> I know, I know from being around you that uh, you've opened up quite a bit after having left. Yeah. The scholastic environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how would you define that? In because the the impression that I got from you was that um, you were so stressed and mm. had so many fears the entire time you were yeah. in university. Yeah, yeah. That um, you were only really to, uh, able to activate the 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 reptilian part of your brain I while was you were always in fight and flight. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just how I explain well, that. Well, um, what I'm saying is, is that how did you bring the intuition back? Yeah. Or how did you discover it or rediscover it if you think you've lost it? Because I think that's what I'm kind of getting at is yeah. that you told me that throughout that stressful part of your life, studying and um, doing your um, diploma dissertation and your doctoral thesis and all that stuff, yeah. that it uh, it was, it was uh, a lot more than physically numbing and crushing. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot also on a mental state. And I always felt just on high pressure, I never had time to just sit down and really relax and 
you know, just enjoy what I'm doing. I always felt like I need to do more. I felt like I was always behind with my stuff, with my project. So I was rushing to life, having like a full day of appointments with no break in it and no time to just really settle down. And once I had maybe like a success publishing a paper or anything like that, I, I was not really celebrating it or just really enjoying that part, taking a break and starting a new thing. I was always having multiple projects at the same time. Yeah. And so at one point I just couldn't do it anymore. I had a mental breakdown, I had a physical breakdown and I had, yeah, I, I was forced to take a break. It, I was forced to take a pause. And in that time I was looking into alternative healing methods like chakra yeah. reading and all that. And this You're is just, I remember you were taking anything, all, all, all comers. You were you were trying to figure out what could you do to fix these ailments that you had, and you had so many, you know, at the time. <laughs> yeah. Whether it be um, weight control or hair loss or skin, I didn't know where to start. Like I was, yeah, I was... It, it was it was a big hodgepodge of fact, <laughs> and and you know, trying to put that all into one context and yeah. to try and deal with it, it's sometimes hard to imagine that it's all the same source. Absolutely. It right. was the same source and it took me years to understand that. And now I'm much, you know, I'm, it's a lot, there's a lot of difference in my life. Mostly that I really take the time for me to sit in meditation, which means like just sitting and like um, experiencing myself, feeling my body, feeling my breath, feeling my heart. Mm. It's just really being with me, feeling the floor underneath my, my you know, my butt <laughs> and my legs just really come in that very moment and get all these thoughts, all the blah, blah out of my head by mm. concentrating on my body, on my breath. And for those of you who are tried out meditation, I'm sure you maybe experienced that situation as well, where at the beginning it's so loud, you know, you just yeah. like have all these thoughts in your head and it's like, ah, driving you nuts. And that's what I try to avoid all the time. I was just yeah. constantly keeping myself busy to not sit down and hear all that crap. Um, it's, it's so for, for me, it's funny. Um, this is a bit of a weird thing to say, but I have actually had experience in my life where I've realized that the techniques that I'm employing in my life mm. are working Yeah, because I, of specific physical changes. I remember yeah. I, when I, I got really deep into meditation and um, really, I think it was a, it was a very dark time in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have been around um, 18 actually, uh, where I really started to dive into it. Mm -hmm. And um, I was at this point in my life where I was very, very hateful, right? Like, like everything to me was uh, at the time, it was very hard for me to see color and love or light, yeah. not light, but I mean, um, goodness in, mm -hmm. in, in anything, mm -hmm. right? It was, it, I, I was so focused on all the problems mm -hmm. and none of the solutions mm -hmm. that it was very similar to what you were saying. Yeah. It's like it, it, it tore me apart in many ways. And it wasn't until I was probably about, um, 26 when I, when I came to, uh, 25, when I came to Germany mm -hmm. that I, I discovered this, this, uh, type of grounding in my life that mm -hmm. had never been there because mm -hmm. I had always been very nomadic, yeah. you know, uh, and, and with those nomadic skills, I, I, um, I did develop amazing techniques and amazing um, things in my life. Mm. You know, like I was mentioning with the touring and all that stuff. And that's for me was, yep. w w even when I was younger, I didn't I didn't care uh, for consequence because I yep. found that the rules 
were, you know, for a game that wasn't mm. real, right? So for me, in, 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 in school when I was younger and all that stuff, none of that stuff was of any importance mm. whatsoever. But what I was getting at was that um, I would say around 24, 25, really around 25, when I started to really feel these changes, like I, like I almost, I don't want to say I mastered a couple of things, but I mastered certain things inside of myself for mm -hmm. the first time. And I realized my intuition was was just like, uh, just skyrocketing. Mm. And um, my sense of smell hmm. and my hearing and my taste. So all these different senses that I had in my body, feeling, everything became amplified. Yeah. And it showed me that there was a numbness in my life that had was beginning to dissipate. Yeah. And it's and it's still like Madeline's always uh, impressed with uh, me being able to smell and hear things <laughs> that are like you know not in the room and yeah. and not uh not even like I, I think that my focus has changed. You know the ability mm -hmm. to look with your peripheral vision. You know, to not just always see what you're focused on. Yeah. Like this yeah. this all changed for me and I, and and I, and it's not something you can un undo unsee or unfeel right mm. it's once once you felt that that's the explanation yeah and yeah. this is this is a reason why you can't i find easily explain this to someone because in, until they've made that connection for themselves they they they're going to be searching for something that they have no idea what it feels like yeah yeah the entire time this is why i know people who will sit in front of a blank wall and meditate for hours and never make a connection <laughs> but they'll talk about it every day as to like how better how good they feel because they sat in front of a blank wall and mm. they achieved that goal of sitting in front of a wall for an hour well that's <laughs> I, I heard a nice saying about that it's called make mind make mindfulness <laughs> when you use that kind of meditation or these techniques to just push the stuff that you're already also pushing in your life, you know, like you to become more successful or something that is just everyone is talking about right now, like meditation as a, as a, um, as I said, like, as a technique, or no, not as a technique, but something that is in at the moment. Oh, it's a fad, yeah. It's uh, yeah, a fashion, fashion something yeah, yeah. like that. And you know, you can when you see the people talking about this, like how many hours they're sitting <laughs> and meditating, and oh, right. how uh, how. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you. Put um, it into their lives so I, 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 I <laughs> there's another kind of funny story about me. But I mean, mm. I, I, my mother put me into gymnastics when I was three, <laughs> so I, I, I'm quite proficient on a trampoline and power tumbling and stuff like that because yeah. I, I grew up in a gym um, with like Olympians, Olympic champions and stuff like that all the way through my late teenhoods. Until I started getting into chicks and skateboarding and didn't <laughs> want to do that anymore. <laughs> I guess it will have helped, you know, flipping around for the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Impressed well, me. <laughs> what I'm getting, what I'm getting at is that um, there are some people like myself, yours truly here. Uh, I I was able to do a standing backflip since I was eight years old. Hmm. Right, walk on my hands since I was like I don't know young. And um, there are other people in my group who never got it. <laughs> and what I what I'm saying yeah. is is that some people make that connection. Yeah. Not everybody does. Some people they take a, they they require a very long time and a lot mm -hmm. of security. You know, for me, the reason why and you know my 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 old coach at the time, every time I would um, do a flip and land on my head or or mm -hmm. hurt myself, <laughs> it was the worst. Like I I just remember you know learning to twist while doing a layout, which is like a like a, a flip, but your body's straight. It's not tucked. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, learning to twist while doing a layout. 
uh, I, uh, yeah, I hurt myself quite a few times, you know, you jump off the trampoline and you go in the other direction because you think about twisting and they're always telling me, no, you got to jump first and then twist. And every time <laughs> I hurt myself, the first thing they said is you're not allowed to go anywhere until you try it again. Mm. And the reason is, is because you have to get that fear out of you yeah. and immediately. Yeah. And if you don't get that fear out of you, the next time you come back, you'll, you'll, you'll psych yourself out and you'll jinx yourself. Mm. Right. And so that was something that was actually, uh, something that I invited like that, that type of yeah. a, a lesson I like, I invited to other areas in my life to mm. know what it's like to do something dangerous, to hurt yourself and fail, but to get up and do it immediately right away. And mm. even if you fail again, that's mm -hmm. okay. And that's, that's what my coaches would tell me. They said, if you fail the second or third <laughs> time too, you can take a break for a day or so or whatever. Yeah. But the important thing is, is you don't develop the fear mm. because the fear will not only stick with you in that moment, mm. in other moments. And I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. Um, I developed a fear twisting, doing back backwards layouts. And I and, and this is something that took me, I just kind of like always worked around it and this and that. <laughs> uh, I thought to myself, I can do four and a half twists going forwards. What do I need to do two, four backwards? <laughs> right. Uh, but it was stupid. Yeah. Because it was really just a little fear that I had in my head that I eventually knocked out of my head, mm. right? Uh, just do it. Huh? Yeah, I think one of the reasons why that happened is the the power tumbling strip that I learned on had a wall that always had like equipment and metal trampolines folded up against it. So whenever I failed to one side, I always got really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I developed this whole thing with like not liking what's on the right side of me when I'm going backwards. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Something I would add on that, as you said, you know, like some people were just more, uh, maybe more talented for this stuff. I would or say talented, but some people just took it longer. I think there are many forms of intelligence yeah no 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 right? I'm, I'm not um, certain I types of intelligence with it like people who have that specific type of intelligence makes yeah. that connection if you have that I, I think that the ability to sense one's body mm. and one's mind and mm. that th those are two different types of intelligence yeah and if you have a, a stronger natural inclination you know let's talk about what you said earlier yeah with um you have um perhaps memories from your family, yeah. memories from your past. Maybe you're pulling in from an Akashic memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's not yours to begin with, but you feel it. Yeah. Just these connections and having these will guide you. Yeah. I find. But I, what I actually wanted to say, I think it's also important to really realize what you're good at. What are your talents in that regards? Like yes. for, for you, yes. I mean, you know, also you had the body built for that, as you told me that, you know, you're pretty uh, like you're tall, but you have actually kind of a slim body for I that. I have so. a, my, 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 for, for my height, my, um, <laughs> the, the, I know the diameter of my um, uh, chest mm -hmm. is like 10 centimeters smaller than someone my height. Yeah. Meaning that um, I can, I can flip and spin you're like very a maniac. Flippable. I'm very flippable. <laughs> and so uh, this, there was a guy named Yuri. He was a part of the Cirque du Soleil and he used to always come by my gym because he liked flipping me around. <laughs> So I, I remember being like, um, I don't know, I'm like, yeah, maybe seven, eight years old, maybe nine, I don't know. And he would come by and uh, they'd be like, is this the kid you were telling me about? And, they, and, and then he just picked me up and put me in a handstand over his hands and start like juggling me. And 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 so what I learned later is that he was telling me that uh, maybe it's because I'm a core yeah. Ukrainian, who knows, but uh, he says, I just have that body type that's good for that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that made it, maybe it made it easier for me. I never yeah. thought about that until years later when yeah. my, uh, my Chinese coach, Mr. Wong, taught me about that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I just want to say, you know, it's like these kind of things already give you also a sign where your life can would lead you and what are you actually, you know, 
good at. I, I'm I'm sure you did that many many years. Yeah, and I'm you, not going to try and be a sumo wrestler if that's what you're asking. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, but obviously I, I know you, where you, where you, my limits are. <laughs> you like the 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 training, right? So that's what yeah. you also you felt like you you want to get up again and you want to try it again. And some people are just maybe they want to do it because it's a cool thing, you know, mm -hmm. it, it looks nice and they want to show off a little. Yeah. But it's actually not not the real thing that they would do if they would really follow their intuition without any goals in their mind. Yeah. And this is what I want to say. If you free yourself from expectations, free yourself from your ego, the, so the thing that you believe you are or that you mm -hmm. think other people should see you, you know, if you think, well, like driving, like going on a skateboard is something cool that I would like to do. <laughs> well, with me, actually, for many, many years, I was, um, I was an Irish dancer because I thought back then that I really liked it. But to be honest, I thought it was really cool and I wanted to be a cool girl. <laughs> I wanted to be the ones on the stage that people looking at is like, wow, what she can do on with her feet. And You wanted I, to be at Michael Flatley's side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dennis Leary says Ireland gets four blowjobs a year and they all go to Michael Flatley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, don't uh, let me interrupt you again. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so for many, many years I did that. And just recently when I stopped like exercising and, and stuff and changed a little bit also with my my physical appearance and all that, I realized that, wait a minute, I actually really don't like it. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> All that jumping. There's a lot of stress. Yeah, oh, was... A lot of stress, but also it, it's just very rigid. You have so many rules how to have the feet and all that. At the end, all the fun goes away because That's right. you have to, you know, it's, it's like almost military drill that we had. And I always had problems to to keep up with that. I was never really moving forward. I was also on a competitive level mm -hmm. and I just always wanted like, why the heck I'm not able to move up and why people are much faster learning than I am. Yeah, <laughs> it, but that's 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 a natural thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I was always really good at jumping yeah. high and yeah. long and far. Like I was a crazy jumper. Uh, yeah. And I remember going to some Kung Fu gyms where they took out a little mini tramp and started trying to do little flips and stuff like that <laughs> over top of like uh, boxes. Yeah. And then I came along with no martial arts um, experience at the time. Mm -hmm. I later on really got into it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I just remember them doing their thing and I'm telling them, I'm saying, you guys you're pulling your energy from the wrong spot. You'll, yeah. you'll never get to the height that you want. And they look yeah. at me and they're like, the fuck are you? What do you know? <laughs> and then I, I, I take off and I do it. I go over the tramp and, um, I'm I'm pulling off a height that they couldn't imagine, mm. and I'm trying to tell them that you know a lot of what you guys are doing are actually um, you're you're trying to feel something, mm. but what you want is actually very counterintuitive when we're talking mm. about how to turn your body yeah. into a, a projectile like a missile. Yeah, you know you have to think of it like that. Yeah, yeah. And this is why um, core strength is such an important part on yeah. that uh, on that level too. But yeah, I mean, also I think with really extreme sport people when they train for Olympia or whatever, I think also intuit intuition is a big thing for them. Well, this is where it gets difficult. It. And this is why I, 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 I left gymnastics. Yeah. Because I, just like you, I didn't enjoy the rigidness. I didn't yeah. enjoy um, 
like here I am in high school, like I said, getting into skateboarding and music and chicks and all that stuff. <laughs> and all of a sudden they want me to train like 25 hours a week plus go to school. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. And and it, it it took all the fun out of it. And they're yeah. telling me stuff like, if you don't do this now, then you'll never do it later. Trying to tell me like, if mm. you have to start now, like I'm like 14 at the time. They're like, mm. you start now for the Olympics if you want to be there by the in a couple of years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is not healthy and i have i have massive problems from being pushed too hard uh, i think when i was younger mm -hmm. without having the proper infrastructure yeah. for certain techniques that i was yeah, doing yeah. you know i think that my body didn't develop the way um like for some of these harder things like um you know doing flips off of my hands you know running and doing like a handspring and flying off of my hands mm -hmm. it's an immense amount mm -hmm. of pressure on sure. the shoulders and yeah. i had broken my shoulders and my collarbone a couple times and it didn't help right so yeah, yeah. i'm just saying that um and you you see this you see this in the olympics we see a lot of like kids you know most of the chinese olympians they're children yeah, you know yeah. they're not they're not adults yeah. and, crazy, and huh? well, so i'm just saying is it gets to a point where and i remember this uh very clearly like yesterday to the point where the goal is almost like the only thing driving you a goal that you're you're yeah. that you may never ever achieve yeah and most of the people i know uh who who were gymnasts eventually they got it they, they went to hollywood and started mm. doing stunts mm. right or um, you know they, they 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 just like you with your with your uh, education most most a great deal of scientists just go back straight back to the university and start teaching <laughs> become professors you know mm -hmm. uh, start it's the only thing they they really know and understand and yeah, yeah. a lot of most gymnasts end up becoming coaches yeah right or they go into yeah, uh, knowledge or or they start a clothing line or something you know. <laughs> um, and it's mm. and then that that took it all out of me. I just I wasn't interested. As soon as I saw that, I thought, no. yeah. And that's why I liked skateboarding. That's why I liked mountain biking and BMX yeah. because everything was free, and you're yeah. with the elements that are very dynamic. Yeah, it's not to achieve a goal, and it's also you know this idea that once you achieve that goal, you'll be happy. You know, and and just there's it's never ending. There was yeah. you always need more because this is what comes more from your the mental part of you where you define yourself as a certain person who had won, you know, competitions yep. and all that. So and realizing that um was a big thing. Yeah. Yes. So let's go back to intuition and wrap this up for today. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, wanted yeah. to ask you then um I intuitively as, feel uh, that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as a as an accomplished world class biologist. Um there we go again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's what you are. And um how would you rate the scholastic system, as mm -hmm. far as the people in it, well, with I, intuition, which I'm just uh, yeah. like, let me let me put this into a clear okay. picture before you you know tackle it. Um, are these people connected to reality? Are they intuitive? Are mm -hmm. they in, like to me? I think that intuition and connection to reality mm -hmm. are intrinsic. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that 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 you yeah, develop yeah. your intuition by connecting to reality. Yeah. And this is something that you kind of mentioned in the past is that um, most people in the university system, uh, most scientists in general, are very disconnected from reality. Um, so what does that mean for intuition? Yeah. I mean, I, I can just speak from my experience that I've seen in the different working groups I was working in that... I always felt a lot of pressure in that whole system. People were just like running and pushing themselves, working like 
crazy amount of hours in a week, also during the weekend, just being under high pressure. Not knowing how to turn off. Not knowing how to turn off. Taking drugs as well to just keep their high, you know, working workload going. Yeah. And not really, yeah, taking a break. And so I've I've seen them running around with the always with the head forward. You know, it's like decision making was very logically was driven by by things such as you know what kind of a topic would be interesting not not interesting to research but what kind of a topic would bring me the highest publication rates that mm. was the the biggest question i was like you know there's not not a lot of intuition <laughs> involved in it you're not open yourself up for other possibilities but you're really specifically looking for stuff that brings you the best the most outcome but you must have come across scientists that you would now say looking back had a strong intuition a couple, I think, especially at the beginning. what made them different? At the beginning, you know, the, uh. the, the, the doctor, doctoral students that started, I think there were, most of them were pretty intuitive still because they haven't been in that system so long yet <laughs> and they don't know the rules yet. So maybe they started, or at least, you know, I started very, very, um, and, and, and had a lot of energy to start and to really also follow my intuition at the beginning to just working with the rabbits because I found that topic interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I found that this is actually something I want to do. So I followed my intuition in that place. And then also the the students I picked for my research and the experiments I, I wanted to conduct, yeah. conduct that was also very intuitively with me. And but just remembering, I mean, it's hard to really evaluate that because at that time I didn't really, you know, looked at people in that yeah, regard. But now, but now you can. Yeah, now I can. But uh, <laughs> in, I mean, how would you rate someone, you know, being intuitive, intuitively? I mean, you yourself, you can say that was intuitive decision. But if you look at someone else, you don't know what's the, what was their motivation for a certain mm. decision. Well, I'll say that right now, what the... Um, a big, like, obviously the last couple of months have been very changed, like, um, rich for me in my life. Yeah. Uh, having broken my, my shoulder and my foot again. Yeah. Um, sitting in, you know, in a stationary position for uh, several weeks uh, and then mm -hmm. having to recover and mm -hmm. come back to all of a sudden mm -hmm. work where, you know, I have multiple projects at the same time and, mm -hmm. and uh, I just don't feel it, you know? And then, yeah, I, yeah. And then I see the people around me and... I don't see any of them being a good representative for health and happiness. Yeah, yeah. And, and that to me is is the first um, signal, right? Yeah. When I meet someone, like when I was dealing with my shoulder, I decided not to get the operation. And I, I went to like several doctors, mm -hmm. right? And um, the first thing I I would do, and Maddie found it funny, I, I, I'd have a little meeting with the doctor. I'd keep it short if I got a bad feeling. And I'd mm -hmm. walk out and be like, yeah. uh, I, I don't trust him. He's, he's not healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean it in the sense that I don't. he doesn't have a good glow. He doesn't have a... Uh, yeah. there's, there's no happiness. There's yeah. nothing there. And I said, why would I entrust yeah. him? Absolutely. You know, he might have some good logical <laughs> things, but really yeah. he's just looking at me like a piece of meat that needs to be cut up and stitched back together. And that's mm. it. Mm. And uh, I don't let people like that around me. <laughs> I just... It's just, it's yeah. a, you know, say what you will. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid of death. So I, I don't have that problem in thinking that I have to do everything because it's a life or death situation. Mm. I, I really don't. Yeah. You know, uh, they're all trying to tell me all these problems I'm going to have if I don't do the surgery and all these things. 
Now look at him sitting here. Oh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but it's it's like I said is that um, I ended up finding a couple people eventually mm -hmm. who I did trust, and they were saying more what I was feeling. They're saying mm -hmm. you don't need the surgery, you know. And these are people yeah. who were in different industries, but but they had a lot more to yeah, do with yeah. shoulders than I think a, a regular surgeon. Mm -hmm. And um, they 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 confirmed that my yeah. intuition was correct. You know, walking out of the hospital that day with you and saying, "No, I'm not doing this." Yeah, that was that was a. That was a feeling that I I knew. Yeah. Like I actually based that decision based on all the negative feelings I just had in that building. I, I just wanted right? to say that this is also a good way for you to really distinguish what is your intuition and what not. If you bring yourself in different situations and then really focus on focus on how you feel in that situation, how you feel. Do you feel happy or you feel afraid? And then already have like kind of a sign or not even feeling afraid, but really having just a bad feeling about it that mm. you don't want to be in that area, don't want to have these people around you. That energy kind of takes out of, gets out of you. Yeah. <laughs> this is already a very good sign that you should trust and this is another thing that i always have problems with trusting my intuition because for so many years i didn't even know what intuition is and then when i started making decisions according to my intuition people said you know you're crazy you can't do that you can't quit your job mm. you can't leave the academia you can't just go to japan for three months and don't know what to do there <laughs> all these things and with each time I trusted my intuition, it was always the, the right decision for me. So the more right. you do it, the more yep. you can really realize that you can trust yourself and you, you should, you should trust yourself. Absolutely. I find yeah. that um, often one will go against a certain decision based off of perhaps the fear of loss. Yeah. But every time I go against that decision because of something that I feel is right, mm -hmm. I always end up receiving more riches. <laughs> Yes. They might not be the ones that I originally wanted. Yeah. But it, it always happens. Maybe also, you know, on some knowledge and wisdom that I gave it. <laughs> oh, let's so let's let's say before we wrap this up for today. Yeah. Um are you an expert in intuition yet? How do you feel about <laughs> that? No, I mean I mean that in a real way. Is like now that you're looking back mm -hmm. at your life and you know that there the things are falling into place because of certain decisions that you make now that mm -hmm. you would have never made before. How 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 mm -hmm. how are you with that? Well, I don't know if I'm an, an expert in intuition. I well, expert for yourself. First. An expert. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I how would is it? Say. How 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 are you with your connection now to reality? How, yeah. how much further do you think? Or it's not. I, I think <clears throat> it's it's impossible to say how much further you think you can go. But mm -hmm. how far have you come? Yeah, I would say I came very far compared yeah. to maybe you know six six <laughs> six seven years ago. There you go. <laughs> Freudian slip, eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I can feel, I can, I can see the difference because I am way much, I am way more. I know I'm losing my words here. I'm way more calm. No. Yeah. Yeah. And have have an inner peace that I haven't had before, and I have way more trust. I am. Most of the time, very happy person, I would say. You know, there mm. was always come sometimes where you kind of lose it <laughs> a bit, that connection. But I always feel like I'm coming back much quicker now. And yeah, I feel in alliance with my life and everything that is okay. around me that what I'm doing is really something that I like to do. Not all of it at the moment, but I'm, but I'm aware of it, that parts of my work I don't really like. And I think that I can improve on that level. 
but it's okay right now. And so yeah, but you are not your work. I am not my work. And but I also feel like there is more coming as an intuitive feeling yeah. that there is more that is waiting for me also in different places mm -hmm. and with, with different people working together. And so there are more, more things and I am really looking forward to that. And it's also something, and even if all of these wishes that I still might have in my head, if they're not happening, that's also fine yeah. because I'm happy in the moment. I enjoy, I'm very I, thankful. I think that, that that's the, to me, the most important part about understanding intuition is mm -hmm. that, as that muscle grows strong and as you develop your skills intuitively better and better, yeah. um, your ability to be happy yeah. also explodes. Your yeah. ability to um, energize yourself and want to go forward yeah. well, grows stronger. Also, nothing you need really to fear about because your intuition is always with you and it will always give you the right answers. And even, you know, sometimes you don't, you can't feel them right away. There are certain techniques where you can improve the access to your intuition. And I always feel very, very guided and mm. very protected. Yeah. I find, um, like for, for me right now, I, 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 I'm always kind of, a, I, I'm a bit in flux. You know, um, there are definitely... Other parts in my life where I can say um, I, I, I was higher on this part mm. of the spectrum, but maybe a little lower on that. Mm -hmm. And right now, I could definitely say that you know the the several weeks that I was uh, recuperating was for me mm -hmm. a godsend because I realized I had to stop. And you yeah. know, sometimes the universe will make you. And, and in this <laughs> yeah. case, it, it resulted True. in an injury. Um, but actually, ever since having returned to work. I felt a, a depression mm. settle on me. And the, the depression was that I know something has to change because mm -hmm. I don't enjoy it. Mm. And and this is why I'm, I'm leaving my position right now and I'm going back to being self-employed as of January 1st um, because I realized something has to give. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I feel better about that decision now. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I can definitely see it in, in my tonality and and that I... I needed to change because mm -hmm. there was a, a, a like a tidal wave coming towards me, and I you know I, I don't need to swim against it. I can yeah. I can go yeah. in the other direction, and that's uh, <clears throat> that's something that now I'm feeling is fueling my will to want to go forward, to mm -hmm. do something new, to do anything, and and actually be excited about it. To realize yeah. that the world and the universe are limitless, yeah. and whatever I want to experience, I can go. Yeah, out the limits and I can, are and, and in I can, your head. Yeah, I can go out and do whatever. You know, there there are no rules yeah. in, 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 in life. I think that a lot of people, they try to put these rules on themselves mm -hmm. and only invite limitations, Yeah, you know. Um, Something that also I learned over the last half year, I was looking a lot into manifestation and all that. And the biggest thing was that, you know, things you can't imagine that they can happen, they won't happen because you put, you know, rules and you put the the limits onto your life. So but what you can do is you start small. You start, you know, maybe you want to imagine that you'll have like 10,000 euros extra at the end of the year or something. So you start small with imagine or, um, you know, yeah, believing that at the end of the week you might have um, have 50 euros extra or $50 extra and just really feel that this is possible, that from somewhere it will come to you mm -hmm. and already feel grateful for this. And then you let it go because, you know, like, you know, I sent out that order. I already sent the gratefulness, <laughs> so it will come to me. Yeah. And it happened to me many times that it really worked. 
And so with these little steps, you can push your your thinking limits further and further. You yeah. said, well, if this is working, you know, let's see what else can work. It's funny. Um, the, <clears throat> these tools I find to be very helpful in the beginning. Mm. And I always find uh, myself sometimes um, being confronted with one of these tools failing mm -hmm. and then realizing that um, the tool was never necessary. It was always inside me. Yeah, it's true. It's just like a, like a, as you said, it's, it's a tool. Maybe like a crutch that you need in the beginning to start right. walking and then you can just let go of it because also, you know, wishing, like if you have a lot of wishes still, I don't ha actually really have a lot of goals and wishes in my life anymore. I'm mm -hmm. more like very intuitive and see what comes, what wants to go through me because I don't know. Well, I, I had a lot of goals, you know, <laughs> and reaching them felt great, but also at the same time, you know, it not make me any happier. <laughs> it not not I don't know didn't didn't really change anything that was not there before and realizing that as well that you can take all these goals out of your head and just being in the moment seeing what is it right now mm. that is important and then you will see so many new things will come up that you would have never thought about this is actually something you want to have in your life or achieve yeah. in your life yeah yeah it's funny um when I uh started to when I first learned to do a backflip uh, going, my head's there because I talked about it earlier. Right? <laughs> You're still flipping. I know. Your head. Um, one of the techniques that we learn, uh, that I learned when I was younger, was um, you find a spot on the wall that you like. Oh yeah, yeah. And you stare at it as long as you can. You do your flip, and then when you land, you reconnect with that spot. Mm -hmm. And I remember teaching that to uh, one of my, uh, um, one of the one of the other kids in my group. Mm -hmm. And right when he went to do his his flip, I pushed him. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> was, you were always a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and, and I and I said, "Well, you didn't see me coming." And he's like, "Yeah, I was too busy looking at the point of the wall." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, to a fault." <laughs> and so the point is, yeah. is that these techniques are yeah. great techniques for yeah, yeah. a specific thing, but if you rely on them too much, yeah. you can get pushed over. <laughs> well, also just as you said, it's a nice analogy as well. If you're just staring so much at your goal, at your point, you don't see, see the things else. around you, and that's, you will miss right. out many things. And that's right? what I was saying earlier about. Yeah. Uh, my peripheral vision group because I yeah. started paying more attention to what was going on yeah, in the yeah. areas that I wasn't focusing on. Yeah, I I also really try to practice that in my everyday life where I'm, you know, always reconnect with my body, just feel where I'm right at the moment. I'm listening to the sound around me, and also what I learned, what I really also helped me for my work. I'm working with people together. We are sometimes just you know having meetings and trying to figure out the best solution, and I can see their heads are you know like steaming, <laughs> and so I usually I just sit back and I invite that very moment to open up to myself and to really just sense what is the best solution. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even, you know, calling my helping spirits to say, you know, guys, can you help me a little here? <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly yeah. it. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, you know, to go full circle. Um, when I was saying earlier about me finding solutions in, um, in, in technological problems that yeah. I have uh, with configuration settings and so on and so forth, that's exactly it is. I'm actually yeah. trying to relax and feel yeah. that, the su the successful solution and 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 invite it in yeah and and really feel that and I've yeah. I can't I can't explain like you know um it's kind of like people thinking that their car is going to work better because they wash it <laughs> uh, and and it's it's one of these funny things where it's actually the intention of the belief mm -hmm. that 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 helps guide the decisions in order to make things more yeah. stable or not so. Well, actually, um, I'm really convinced that we are able to move energy just as we are energy, that with our thought pattern, we can bring things in into reality. We can manifest and materialize stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
I agree. Okay. So uh, check this out. We've been talking for an hour and a wow, half. Wow, look at it. But I, I can really feel my eyes are... <laughs> you can feel <laughs> they're, it. I, they're shutting down now. I had a long working day already behind me. <laughs> I'm quite impressed with um, how we would we just came out with a topic and had no preparation and made a nice hour and a half out of it. It was a nice conversation. Very intuitively. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. This All has right. been a great episode of Smart yeah. Home Stupid People. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. We were and are and will be live. <laughs> Rockfin Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and in the Telegram app for all of you guys out there who would like to ask questions during the show. Um, obviously, you can ask a question in any one of the chats, but actually joining the Telegram channel and um, the Telegram chat, Smart Home Stupid PayPal is the channel, Smart Home Stupid Chat is the chat. <laughs> um, you will then have the ability to actually ask us questions between shows yeah. and suggest ideas and topics for yeah. future shows. Something you want to know about us or... That we should talk about and also yeah. i haven't read all the comments from red. here because it's too far i read thank you <laughs> too far from here but i've seen there, there was there very no, busy no, on lots of nice comments but no no questions on podbean life thank you very much guys for the nice comments and i just see a lot of smiley faces and hearts <laughs> <laughs> that's always encouraging right yeah that's always yeah. as i've mentioned so wednesday is typically a day we typically go shorter uh, yeah. today we made it into an hour and a half regardless and it's because on wednesday typically we don't have a lot of people coming in to talk to us live but it's nice to actually just yeah do it like this anyway and a lot of people enjoy watching the rerun anyhow yeah so very nice we'll see you guys sunday yeah see you and guys. hopefully so i'll really try to hurry up yes. myself with my drum with your drum <laughs> circle so maddie will try to beat the drum and uh, get over here for our episode on sunday yeah if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but i will be posting it into the smart home stupid chat which is another yeah. reason why you guys could look into it yeah that's right but, you know, I'll really hurry up and bring you my new made drum. There we go. Newly made drum. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can play for us on air. Well, there's not much you can play with this. Just like the drumming, you know. You can, you can drum it. I could drum it. We'll there see. We go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, everybody, this has been yeah. a great episode. And hopefully see you this Sunday. If not, next week, Wednesday for sure. Yeah. Until then. All right. Bye, you guys. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.